You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday Hello everyone and welcome to a What A Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Today on the show, we'll be going through the last 48 hours and all things Spurs, talking through a tool draw away at um, Champions League Chasers Newcastle. Uh, on the show with, with me, we've got Shawnee Walsh, Hunter Godson, Jude Summerfield and Dan Kilpatrick from the Evening Standard. How is everyone? Everyone all right? Did you all enjoy the sun? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. The sun was the high point of the weekend. Yeah, it was lovely. Today. Yeah, the sun goes in the beautiful because, you know, it's it's the only thing that will go in the beautiful and we need something. No, I'm not taking anything <laughs> at the moment. It's, it's a glorious day today, to be fair. Absolutely stunning. I was, I was a bit shocked because I was fairly hungover on um, yesterday morning and to, to sort I was doing the washing up and I just looked out the window and it was snowing. I was like, what is that? What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> That's on. not on. I was in the, on. in the park in a t-shirt yesterday. And now it's snowing. But, you Did know. everyone? Has everyone played football now that it's back? Has everyone had a good kick? Yeah, yeah. I, pl- I played football and tennis back to back, and then went home and just fell asleep for like three and a half hours. My body just <laughs> <shut> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> it was nice. Dan, I did exactly the same thing on Thursday night. I played for two hours. I got home. <laughs> I was like, I was like so drained. I was like dragging myself across the floor. Like, what is this? And that just turns out that's what doing exercise is. <laughs> yeah. And the next day, everything hurt so much. <laughs> well, I'm sprightly youth. You know, I'm not quite as old as you. So I sort of bounce. Oh, back. here we go. <laughs> bang, 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 <laughs> bang. You're, 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 you're a youthful young man and you exercise a lot. So post football, how are you feeling? I was okay. Um, Actually, during the game, I had a moment of uh, of rage when I, uh, I didn't get a, a, a cross across goal, um, you know, failing to call for it. And I actually kicked the crossbar in like a in a, in a second of rage, being like, what the you kicked the, the crossbar? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was running into the goal. How agile are you? 
Oh, these are like these are like six aside goals, so they're like two feet off the floor. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, it wasn't like a taekwondo kick onto the crossbar <laughs> or anything like that. It was very Just much a, through the air. Please pass me the ball. <laughs> yeah, in my head, I saw something very sort of balletic and almost Zlatan, <laughs> like leg above no, your head. We're not lions over here. <laughs> Sean, are you keeping your gunpowder dry, or have you been out kicking about? I had a more informal kick about. I'm not. I'm not like you guys. I don't play for a team because I'm too shit nowadays. Uh, <laughs> I had a nice kick about in the park, though. Um, it was nice to just be outside and enjoy the weather over the weekend and try and like to let Spurs ruin it as much as possible, which is becoming quite a common thing over the last couple of months. So hoping that changes in the future. Because uh, that would be actually really I, nice. I do really take issue with the fact that we have to wait seemingly every week now even when there is no Europa League we have to wait for our impending doom on a Sunday afternoon what is going on I didn't like that because I came off so I had a game on Saturday a one o'clock one o'clock kickoff on Saturday and as I came off the pitch at full time someone was like oh Chelsea have lost five two or was it and I was like oh yes what a lovely (laughs) treat that is look at that We're, we're, we're within touching distance of the top four and it, yeah, we just didn't manage to do that again another that weekend. Did sneak in, didn't it, to Jose's post-match interview? We're one point closer to Chelsea. Yeah, thought, no, not, that's not, not what should be seen against Newcastle. Not. <laughs> that's not a good <laughs> point gained. That's yeah, some forced optimism right there. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're seeing Joe Linton score against you is not the is it's not the, again. That's the problem. Joe Linton score against you again. That should be illegal. You should have to fold the club if that happens to you <laughs> more than once. <laughs> <laughs> you just liquidate yeah, that. Just like, call it. the game call off and off. everyone goes home. And you change your name to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at the Sports Direct Arena. Um, let's uh, let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the beautiful of of what was a really, really tough watch. I think that's probably the the hardest thing for me. Is it was a it was a really difficult watch. That I was trying my best to remain optimistic, but there were so many points in the game where I felt myself almost like just drifting a bit. Did anyone else have that? We sort of sitting there and just lacking real optimism about the game. The game itself really, really just lacked a any tempo for that first sort of half an hour before before Newcastle scored it was like any anything could happen here because we're essentially not not finding a rhythm at all they've created they create I mean Hugo Lloris made a double save I think it was Dwight Gale it was an incredible double save and like that was so good but I was like, really? it's Dwight Gale, and he's just drifted off the shoulder from John Joe Shelby John Joe Shelby puts in a lovely ball to be honest but I did I did think that sort of set the tone for what was going to happen we'd keep the ball and then they'd they'd get their chances but it turned out they'd get loads of chances um i think we can stick in the good the fact that the the response to going one nil down was brilliant it, it really uh, it, particularly really... from craft i thought he played a wonderful part yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said jolinton scoring and again it's, it's that question of why is it taking us going one nil down to to have to, to to get things going, but you know this is a good section, so we're going to say it was a it was a good response, uh, some lovely football for the second goal, uh, especially and a brilliant finish. So, um, but yeah, the first half wasn't not a not a great watch. I feel like Harry Kane sort of comes up in the good every single week, but yet again, the guy is like carrying things at the moment, isn't he? Just seems that like in those moments you just see him 
just doing things that no other player seems capable of doing. He's playing his way into the player of the year conversation, which I thought was probably a done deal to be Bruno a couple of months ago. But the more, like, if, say if Kane were to finish top of the goal and assist charts, which we said before, like, hasn't ever happened in the Premier League, then it's really hard to overlook him, especially when you consider, like, the way that we've been playing this year. And just because you, you can go back to any number of games that we've played, it is almost like Kane's playing in a midfield five or six at times with Son, like, to have had the output that he's had has been absolutely insane. It might be, it might end up being his best individual season ever. Like even like I know there were, there were times in 2017, 2018 where he stood alone as the best striker in the world. And I don't know if he's that now because Lewandowski is just a complete freak right now. Um, but it, it's the level that he's just playing at is insane. And I'm, I'm still a little bit kind of scared that he might get another injury, like just randomly. But his fitness has been much better this season. You know, when he has played, he's looked stronger. He's looked a bit quicker again. The only time he has missed has been just because both, both of his ankles got knocked at the same time. So, yeah. He moved ahead of Messi for direct goal involvements this season. Yeah, I think he's way clear of Ronaldo. He's only second to Lewandowski in Europe. So that's really what he's always said he wanted to do. And I know there's different contexts now. And obviously Messi and Ronaldo are obviously at the start or... or further along their, their kind of gradual declines. But still, like, it's pretty remarkable that he is where he is, given that he's playing in a pretty dysfunctional team that hasn't really played to his strengths. Um, it's certainly he's had a free role, as, as Sean says, to play kind of more than one position. But it hasn't been as if Spurs has always been a front foot team, as I'm sure we'll come on to. So to, to do what he's done this year has just been incredible. And I think, as ever, it's just we take it for granted really. And I think uh, the Newcastle game was a kind of perfect example of, <laughs> can you imagine how depressing it would have been without <laughs> Harry Kane? Um, so yeah, uh, just always savour him, everyone. Yeah, that is so spot on. It does feel like with every passing week, we have to, d- people often say, oh, you don't know how good you had it until it's until it's gone. And I am by no means wishing away Harry Kane, but I really, really, really want to pressure myself and other Spurs fans to just realise what we're watching. Seeing a player with such supreme confidence and quality playing for our club at the moment. This would be lucky if it happens again in our lifetime. Genuinely, mm. we'd be lucky if we get a player like this again in in our lifetime of supporting Spurs. I mean, like um, our dads are uh, uh, telling us stories about Jimmy Greaves, you know, and I don't think Spurs have had a player like Jimmy Greaves or, or, or of that standard since until Harry Kane. You know, someone who's done it that consistently. So I, we really do have to kind of have to savor it. Um, Jude, I'm I'm assuming you're same boat, just getting a lot of joy from seeing him do this week in week out. Yeah, just savour that. Absolutely. Um, his performance on Sunday was like the only real undisputed quality performance out of the 22 players out there. Just everything he did um, was was marvellous. And yeah, he's just a joy to watch at the moment. And so close to that winner at the end as well, but not quite. Yeah, let's let's get into the let's get into the bad bits. Um, yeah, again, this one could go on for a while. So get yourself a cup of tea and get comfy. Um, we'll start with the defending um, for both goals, but also just throughout. I mean, Hunter, you unearthed a few stats, essentially saying that Newcastle had 
Was it the most touches in the box they've had for years? Yeah. The highest XG they've had for years? Mm. The most shots on goal they've had for years as well? Yeah. Um, we didn't half help them, did we? This is a football team who can barely, barely score a goal. It's like, it's a good result for them if they get battered but get a goal. You know, that's what we're talking We're talking about a Newcastle side who widely considered, you know, this is going to be considered one of the worst Newcastle sides in years. They're, they're, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the athletic poll the other day of how uh, content um, fans are with their manager. I think Steve Bruce got a, 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 like an 8% backing from the fans. So it's in 92% of the fans want him gone. I mean, honestly, it couldn't... I know we do the Dr. Tottenham thing, but yesterday, I mean, Sunday, sorry, it was just... It was, just, it was incredible how lax we were from the back and the amount of passes that went straight to... Newcastle players and then I mean the first goal is like you talk about a catalogue of errors it's honestly just like watching it's like watching a car crash happen in front of you it's like no that ball's bad why has he pushed him he's come too close the ball's gone across 1-0 and it's Joe Linton which is I mean uh, <laughs> sort in the wounds where it's Joe Linton and then the second goal is is more of the same basically two players going for the same ball which is so amateurish like just cool cool cooler name and then the other one stands off and that goal doesn't happen but it's it's all that thing you they all look like they're under immense pressure they all look like they're so scared of making mistakes that they are making some really really basic mistakes and then again i spoke about sorting the wound the fact that it's an arsenal low knee who gets the equalizer is just like oh great well that's rounded off a really horrible day of defending but you know it wasn't it wasn't just those moments I thought Sergio Reguilon had probably one of his worst games for Spurs um Tanganga getting caught got himself booked and then Sanchez again I, I mean I think Joe Roden actually was probably the only defender who came away going okay fine look we know what he can do he's he's, he's going to improve um but the rest of them is just more of the same Bear yeah, in mind sweet. as well that, that bear in mind that Newcastle um, had their two best players missing, who were both attackers, Wilson and Sam Maximo, who I think probably have the quality to at least get in our matchday squad. I think they're that good. Definitely. And mm-hmm. but it, but it made me think that this is Newcastle without their two best players, and they're making like four point whatever xg, and they're having all these shots and all these touches. Look how bad we were last year when we didn't have our, our two best players, who were both attackers. We got absolutely nowhere near anyone, and yet we just kind of allowed the Newcastle probably the, at the weakest that they've been all season just to walk all over us, and that's it's unbelievable. Yeah, another little stat that I'll add into the mix: Harry Kane has more goal involvements this year than in the Premier League than Newcastle. Like, and that kind of uh, that, that for me. It's really, really worrying that we're conceding that many opportunities. Um, one one of the the quotes, Jude, was uh, he was asked by Juliet Farrington. Mourinho was asked by Juliet Farrington by Five Live. Um, you're known for having this ability to see out games. What's the difference now? And he said, "Well, it's the same coach, different players." Um, I saw Alistair Gold. It was a nice, nice sort of quote from Alistair Gold about this kind of um, this sort of almost routine that we're getting into at the moment of Mourinho giving enough in post-match interviews and press conferences that we all sit there and start to question what he's talking about and then see that he's annoyed at something. 
but never committing fully to what's actually happened. So who do you think that's geared at, that quote of the the, the different players, same coach? It's quite a juicy one, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's just mind games after the, after the game. And I just want to see Spurs play like decent football throughout 90 minutes and not have to like guess over what he's getting at and saying same coach, different players and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then the thing with Alderweireld not being in the matchday squad, it just seems like there's confusion all over the all over the, the place at the moment. And, you know, that, that can come into like formations as well when we're suddenly playing 4-4 F in two, when we played like 2-3-1 <laughs> before and 4-3-3. Um, were you surprised by the team selection? Were, were, were you happy with the team selection at the beginning? I mean, we talked about seeing the, the three of Lo Celso and Dombele and Hoiber, and that is that is nice to see that team in uh, those three in the starting lineup. But also, you want them in like central roles and not having. I mean, it's nice that Vinicius has had a, has had a chance because he hasn't really throughout the whole season. But maybe we could have stopped that stuck that midfield a little a little more rather than shunting Lo Celso out to the right and you know, he was full of energy he just didn't have too much of an end product a lot of the time um and Hoiberg was was sort of doing his thing as well and um he came out of the game with a little bit of credit I think not incredibly so but decent enough it's just it's just a very confused Spurs at the moment and that sort of carries over to Moo's post-match comments as well just I don't know how as a player you look at that and think okay yeah I want to I want to make I want to do better for this guy that's that's the worry that I have is that yes some players are going to respond to it but if the same players are making the same mistakes then they're not responding to it right because he's done this now three or four times and it is for me it's quite clearly about the defenders I think I mean it'd be hard to hard pressed to say that the midfielders aren't doing or at least working very hard. The the attack is still firing. We've scored a lot of goals this season, so it must be about the defenders. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Going back to my point, if you if you know he said this before, and it's about Davinson Sanchez and Co. And then they go out and make the same mistakes. It's like okay, maybe we need to stop putting them down the press and saying that they're you know uncoachable. Yeah, it's the same coach but it's just different players. And maybe you need to put your arm around them and explain to them what's gone on, what's gone wrong. And maybe he is, and it's just not working. But, you know, I, I think we can all agree that we... I don't love seeing that because it, it just suggests that it's, again, that thing of, well, what more could I be doing? What more could I possibly be doing with this with this bunch? And it's like, well, clearly more than this because we're, we're conceding sloppy goals, same sloppy goals. There's another wonder... stat, isn't there, right? about us losing points from leaving positions in the last 15 games of matches, something like 11 points they've dropped now, which is alarming. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think it, it should be said, yes, the goals themselves, they are individual errors and it, is, it's, it must be frustrating for him. But the all-round performance in the second half is, is defensively incredibly frail to allow them to have that many shots on target. It suggests as a performance, we're not set up to defend well so as soon as we take our foot off the front uh of the sort of pedal to the metal and we sit back it just all falls apart and it's uh, it's something we've spoken about all season and and the fact that we're still seeing it now in in april 
with a cup final a couple of weeks away, it's just, it's, I think it's more just deja vu for us, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think there's, there's something we should really be looking at from earlier on in the season, or even only a few weeks ago, Dan. Like we, we put Palace and Burnley to the sword. And went out and beat teams in the lower reaches of the table, and I thought that was something that we were we were all able to be like, look, we do that quite well. It's, a, it's against the bigger teams that we struggle because we try and sit in, and I struggled to kind of understand why we didn't do that here. Yeah, well, it's been the question all season, hasn't it? Why Spurs haven't played more front foot, and it seems to have generally gone well when they have, and then when it comes to the bigger games or protecting leads and against anyone, it just hasn't worked, and and that was. I felt like the same again on, on Sunday, really. Um, and I think, yes, I agree with Hunter. You know, the, the mistakes are individual errors, but they're, they're symptomatic of the way Spurs are playing and the pressure that's being put on the defence and then they're just cracking every time. Um, and it's just so frustrating um, because this is obviously so much more that this squad could be giving. Um, and I think it does have to come back to Mourinho. You know, I don't think his game plan or his game plans are, are working regularly enough. I think, you know, they're too often just far too conservative. But, yeah, I don't think I'm saying anything that, that kind of most people <laughs> haven't heard a million times already this season. So, yeah, it, it did feel like the same again. I mean, I think what was kind of slightly alarming for me was just how off the boil all the players who hadn't been on internationals looked on Sunday. I mean, I think... You know, the, the standout players were, were obviously Kane, Dombele, who played for France, you know, possibly Hoybierre and Roden, who had played for Denmark and, and Wales, respectively. And then guys like, obviously, Sanchez, Lucas, Reguilon, Vinicius, who had been at Spurs for two weeks and should have kind of had a break and, and you know, really been, been raring to go, just looked so sloppy and... You know, the narrative is usually that the internationals are the ones you have to be worried about because they've got tired legs and, you know, they've been away from, you know, the the careful ministrations of kind of Spurs conditioning team. And that's certainly the, the narrative Mourinho's presented at times this year that he's worried about players going away. But really the ones to be worried about were the ones who had kind of spent the time at Hotspur away. They just could barely string a pass together um, in the second half at times. And that was that was really concerning. Should we get into to, to your exclusive that you had from the other day um, as well? I think that this probably for me, I'll take the heat on this one, but I'm putting this in the ugly because I, I find it really difficult to understand how the messaging is so mixed about Toby Alderweire saying that he's that he didn't train, yet there was imagery doing the rounds showing that he did train. Um, and I mean, the fact is we really, really needed his calming presence at the back. What I, I come, I absolutely take on board the point that he is not the defender that he was in his peak with Jan Vertonghen, but he is still the best centre back at the club, undeniably. So, Dan, maybe just unpack that one a little bit for us. So, what what was the kind of messaging that you you got? Yeah, I mean, it's really puzzling. I mean, Mourinho obviously said after the game, I asked him really just out of interest, not with any knowledge already. Um, of the situation, why Aurier and Alderweireld weren't involved? Because obviously they weren't involved against Villa, but the club had had kind of made a point of tweeting. I think and Mourinho had said afterwards as well that they were ill. So I was wondering why they weren't involved on Sunday. And, and Mourinho said they only were able to train on Saturday after uh, 
international duty after getting back from international duty, presumably getting back late. I mean, I'm not sure when Aurier played, but Alderweireld obviously played Tuesday night in in Belgium, so it would have been surprising if he if he um, wasn't training in, with the squad until Saturday. And then, yeah, my understanding is that's not the case, and that he actually reported back to Spurs on sometime on Wednesday afternoon and trained with the squad on on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And obviously, the pictures that Spurs themselves put out of training on Friday and Thursday would seem to corroborate that. You know, it looks like he was there. So I'm I'm not sure why Mourinho said what he did. Really, I mean, it doesn't look like Alderweireld's in. He's good books at the moment. It looks like he's out of favour for, for whatever reason. But given that he played three times for Belgium in the international break, three ninety minutes, it would have been fairly easy, I imagine, just to say, well, he was feeling the strain after the internationals and we decided to to drop him out. And, and that wouldn't have been a, a story or a surprise given that Alderweireld's, you know, often been rested over the last, you know, four or five years, including by Pochettino. You know, he was often the guy that, that didn't make Champions League away trips, for example. So, yeah, I'm not sure. It seems like Mourinho likes keeping players on their toes. He likes causing division in the squad. He's got a history of of kind of doing that and using it to motivate players. But, you know, this seemed like an odd way to go about that, if that was his intention. It's bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> it's just re- it's just really weird. Like and and <laughs> the fact that he's been massively shot in the foot by the club, who were like, "Here's Toby training on Thursday," and it's like, get those down quickly, get them off the website, because <laughs> the managers just said he can't train or he wasn't here. I I think I think Dan, what Dan's suggesting is probably right in that he's just not in his good books and. He probably didn't count on there being photos already out there, and usually this maybe no- becomes a bit of a non-story. If those photos don't exist, we all just take it and move on, right? But unfortunately for him, Radio has Instagram. You should know they're up. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's his fault. <laughs> um, yeah, just a very strange sort of, and as Jude said, it sort of adds into that aura of what's going on at the moment. There's a there seems to be many different narratives sort of occurring at this back end of the season. Um, but I guess the, the key point is that that's the point, really, isn't it? Like, there isn't a sense of unity at all. Like, no, the, the comments Lloris gave after Zagreb, the comments Mourinho gave after Villa about kind of agents and outside parties meddling with the squad, and and then you know, these these um, differing narratives about Alderweireld, you know, it all just paints a picture of a complete and total lack of harmony, hmm. you know, warring factions, people pulling in different directions, different versions of events. And, you know, that's just not a good thing. You know, it, it, it may have worked with players, you know, when Mourinho first came to England, that, you know, keeping them on their toes and, you know, almost getting them competing against each other. But I just think that's one thing that doesn't work with, with, with modern players. You know, the, the biggest strength Spurs had, I think, under Pochettino was that the club felt united, not just in a squad sense, but from the kind of boardroom right through to the, the terraces, you know, everyone was kind of pulling in the same direction. And that's, and, and, it, and it predates Mourinho, I think, you know, I think it maybe was a result of the Champions League final in many ways, kind of breaking that squad. But, you know, clearly now that the harmony 
just isn't there. And that's a, a massive problem and something that just has to be fixed if, if Spurs are going to achieve anything, I think. Mm. I, often, I often wonder how Deli Ali must feel sitting there watching Jesse Lingard absolutely thrive at West Ham mm. when, he, when, he had his, when he had his loan, uh, basically got told he wasn't allowed to go or that the club wanted to keep him. It must be very frustrating for him seeing, seeing that and thinking, God, maybe... If I'd kicked on, I could be in the England sh- setup now, but alas, and and again, it, 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 that can that that's just another another player there, then sitting there, probably not not very happy, willing to. I mean, we don't know, do we? Who who the you know Mourinho said there's another mole. It's like oh, not another mole, bloody hell! <laughs> starting to, starting to look, it's starting to look a little bit like the school field, isn't it? Where there's just little <laughs> mole holes everywhere, like hundreds of them. And um, surely, the, I suppose the, the 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 sad truth is, like Dan said, it's getting a bit wild. Like it's getting a little bit sort of like you don't really know where the next set of weird quotes are going to come from, and that's not a good position to be in considering that over the course of the last few weeks two of the key sources have been our club captain and our manager <laughs> it, feel, it feels very soap opera doesn't it like it feels like I'm watching an episode of Dream Team and mm. I feel like it's just not a good place to be like, for, for, it's more like I, nightmare team yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like, uh, like under Poch like I know like people were saying like oh his press conferences were like could be boring sometimes like because he wasn't really giving anything away and he spoke in broken English and like there was never any kind of drama at the club like I really do miss that <laughs> like not, not mm. just not just not just the, the like the good football and the, the good results and everything that went with it I miss having no drama mm. like I, I, I feel like I think after this the whole year that everyone's had where there's just been so much going on I think what everyone wants is just to like Relax a little bit. And then, oh oh no, here come Tottenham. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's even like on a more simplistic level. Like I can, I can deal with drama, but what I can't deal with is the idea of disconnect. I really, really, really Mm. miss properly connecting with the team that I'm watching. And like, Mm. I, I understand that Pochettino was a completely different style of manager and it was very much his approach to have that, harmony there and everyone to kind of run through brick walls for each other and it might be the case that it got to the point at the end where that was no longer going to happen but I definitely felt like there was a, a real connect between the fans and the and and the and the, the playing staff and the side that took to the pitch whatever side took to the pitch on Saturday afternoons and I don't know about you Jude it just feels like maybe at the moment particularly with fans not being able to be in stadiums obviously we can't discount that but it feels like um the distance probably hasn't been greater. Mm. I think if if we didn't have a global pandemic, we would have we would have had our West Ham moment where there was that uh, that fan who came onto the pitch with the with the flag. Do you think <laughs> we would have had this? waving it around in the center <laughs> center, oh, and then like like uh, kids were having to go on Burnley's bench. I think I think they were playing Burnley that day, and yeah. you know take cover from the West Ham fans, <laughs> and people were throwing dildos up at the West Ham. <laughs> 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 So, uh, <laughs> we might we might have had one or two of those moments. It'd be interesting, um, wouldn't it? If last if game were, of the season, if there were if there were fans at the game yesterday, if, I I can tell you the away fans would have not been too happy with that performance, and they would have made it made it known. I think the other thing that Spurs have to be really aware of is there seems to be a fair amount of apathy sort of creeping into the fan base with people saying like. 
I just don't really feel anything towards this team. And it seems to be coming more and more common. I, I just, I, I wonder if the club sort of tracked that sort of thing. Cause I know how meticulous Spurs are in, in that sense. Um, they like to sort of gauge the, the social, they have a lot of social listening tools. If, um, so I do, I do wonder. And again, if there were 60,000 people in the stadium watching Spurs draw, obviously we're away, but watching Spurs draw of Newcastle, I don't think it would be too uh, happy after the game. Uh, imagine well, if you Sorry, mate. We went into the pandemic and it felt like it was at the tip of the iceberg already because that was when Dyer went into the crowd, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how, how we oh, ended. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's how we entered the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that was the last time there was a full crowd at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Like, so could you imagine that? Because that was back when Son and Kane were both injured as well. Like, I, I that can't was the imagine. last thing Dyer should have done. Looking back. <laughs> 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 Two meters, Sorry, responsible. Hey, Derek, I'm two meters. <laughs> personal space, personal space. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, let, let's finish on that. And then we'll can I, can I just pick Go up? On, Cosmo, on, you you on, absolutely on, can. On, I think that was really interesting because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that, I know that it's like one of the things that um, Pochettino wanted to change about the club when he came um, was this, this sense that there was too much focus on kind of what people were saying on social media and maybe not enough focus on the real pressure inside the stadium. Um, I've, I've kind of heard that since since they left the club. So I just wonder whether, you know, with no fans in stadiums, Spurs are, Spurs hierarchy kind of are, isn't feeling the pressure in the same way that it might be. Um, and, and perhaps able to, to drown out the noise on social media. Because um, obviously social media doesn't, you know, doesn't shake the stadium. It doesn't boo. Um, so it's just, it's a really strange situation at the moment where, you know, and it, 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 it is only a tiny percentage of Spurs fans that are on kind of Twitter and Instagram. So um, we don't truly know uh, if, if people kind of blaming the players, blaming Mourinho, blame, blaming Daniel Levy. And we don't truly know, you know what the reaction would be. Um, so I think that's yeah. very, very interesting. Um, How do you measure yeah. sentiment at the moment? Yeah, I mean, and 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 and, and is there any pressure? You know, is there pressure on on Mourinho really, without anyone there to to boo or shout? Is there pressure on the players without anyone there? Is there any pressure on on, on anything? Um, unless you know, unless we do what clubs in France and and Argentina do, and, and kind of you know march down to the training ground and. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, you have experience with that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> very good. I'm not sure what you're referring to, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Maybe that after after all, Dan wasn't actually not going to the game and accidentally yeah. going to train ground. He, oh, just, had a pla- he just had a placard in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> Dan standing standing there with his bring back Poch t-shirt on. <laughs> that, that, was a real re- that was a real reason I drove to the train ground. Yeah. 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 Put up his manners. This reminds me of when um, Mourinho was under pressure. Well, he didn't think he was under pressure at Chelsea when just before he got sacked there. And he was he was asked him in a press conference, oh, do you think you're under pressure? And he was like, no. And he go, his rep- response to the report was, I think the refugees are under big pressure. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Looked. what kind of cream now. Who's under pressure now? Yeah. <laughs> Should we end on? Let's end on a, a high note. It was nice to see. Uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, surely, Jude. The the idea of seeing that three in a midfield together, and it looked like Endon Bele and Lacelso both 
showed real flashes of quality in there as well. Yeah, and and Nobele was tidy. Um, he he's had a few little games where not every dribble has has come off, but I think when he did have the ball um, on Sunday, he used it pretty well. And the assist for Kane when we were in the ascendancy for that little two minute spell there um, was uh, was gorgeous, and the finish was brilliant as well. But, um, but yeah, hopefully they can shift Lacelso in a bit more centrally, and uh, you know they'll be a, more of a threat. On the counter. I wonder what we do against United. I, w- I wonder what the team looks like. I don't really want to think about that, to be honest. We had Scott on the slack saying, oh, CBA for Spurs to beat United. And I was just like, <laughs> come on, mate. This is, this is the start of our, our preparation for the League Cup final. Whatever happens against United, I imagine mm. that's, that's how we'll line up against City. And that's how we'll so play So what do you reckon City. then? Well, how many defenders have we got? <laughs> they're all, they're all double, double right back for United, double left back. I uh, do you know what with, with with what's gone on with the centre backs? I genuinely have no idea who's going to start, and that's a horrible place to be in. I think. I think you could already, that the lineup for the city game could be the craziest thing we've ever seen because Mourinho might genuinely see it as this is now or never. I'm gonna. I'm going to do this my way because it, like, I don't want to have any regrets about this. I'm going to play every single defender and every single player that I like and that hasn't pissed me off yet. Well, so you think sort of like, Sun and Kane up top and then basically a horseshoe? Yeah, you know, you get, got you got Kirkin in there, you got Tanganga in there, you got... <laughs> who, are, who are the other youth lads who are coming? Kirkin's the first name. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What do you reckon, Dan? This, do you think we're potentially seeing them a kind of a trial run against United? Yeah, I mean, I think now, without Europa League and without any need to rotate, it is just going to be the players Mourinho likes for the rest of the season. I mean, he, in fairness to him, I think you know he he did he did kind of show he was willing to give Delhi a chance after January. You know, when I don't think he really wanted to, and then the, and that's also true of Ndombele at the start of the season. Um, but now I just can't really see Bale and, and Delhi getting many starts. Um, I think it's going to be, I think kind of nine players probably pick themselves really. Um, Lloris, Reguilon, Sanchez, Roden, Hoiberg, and Dombele, Lo Celso, Lucas, Kane and Son. Is that nine or is that 10? And then, and then it's kind of who plays the right back spot and, and who plays um, the other forward spot. So I, I don't see a huge amount of... I don't see a huge amount of rotation coming, um, but yeah, as you as you guys said, I mean the fact that, that he stuck with the the eleven players who beat Villa against Newcastle and it didn't work, you know, maybe that maybe that changes things. Maybe he was unhappy with some of them. I don't know, but I think I don't think there'll be that many massive surprises against United. Well, let's look. We'll get stuck in on on Thursday, or Friday, and have a have a natter about the United game. Then hopefully we're all feeling a lot more optimistic. I hope you all enjoyed the pod today. Um, do subscribe and leave us a review if you haven't already done so. Very much appreciate it. And make sure you check out all the guys on social media as well. We'll see you all at the back end of the week. What a feeling, what a night. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.